today's show, we'll reverse engineer a lifetime of saving for retirement. It's called decumulation. When the time comes, you have to make smart decisions. Details just ahead. Discover retirement concepts you need to know. You're hitting that magic age of 65. You need to really start to do your research. Learn how to navigate through economic uncertainty. And anybody can retire. It's whether you can stay retired. That is the real point. A successful retirement doesn't happen by accident. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam This is your retirement, and it is time to represent the fine folks at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. I'm Chuck Caton, and in studio, we uh, have Luke Von Abel, and we have Sam Duell, and uh, we also Andy Schooler. And it's good to have all of you with us once again, and it's good to see Sam back after a week on sabbatical. And uh, Sam, I think that uh, it's very important to talk about decumulation. Uh, yes. Because uh, you know that it's more than spending those hard-earned retirement dollars. And we need to set up some lifetime income. That's something that's very important to our listeners. So uh, we also have to pay attention to those tax ramifications and make sure that health care is also covered. There's a lot to uh, unpack there. And, of course, legacy planning. That's always important as well. And, uh, oh, don't forget to have a little fun while you're at it. Because uh, sometimes, and I know I'm in this boat, too, uh, of the accumulation phase, and now you're starting to think of how much money you're going to sa- spend uh, in decumulation. The fear is we're running out of money. I think a lot of our listeners feel that way, but uh, let's talk about some of the things to consider when you're planning to decumulate, to start spending and enjoying your retirement, right? Yeah, for sure, Chuck. And you know, the first thing you have to do there is you have to get mentally prepared to shift from a savings mode to a spending mode, spending down your assets. Over the last couple of decades, I've found that that is the hardest step for the majority of you to get to used to the point that you are now going to be designing and providing your own paycheck on a monthly basis. It's a, it's psychologically hard for savers to become spenders. And because we tend to uh, appeal to a more affluent uh, audience, most of you come in have saved at least $500,000, you are good savers. The challenge that you have when you start to move into retirement mode is that you're not such good spenders. So it's very, very difficult for you to break open that nest egg and for you to start using that money. So you have to think this through in advance. That's why it's always a good idea for you to come in and visit with us even a year or so before you're really planning upon being in that, uh, you know, that, uh, that voluntarily unemployed status that you're going to leave that job, uh, take a look at that calendar. And if you're a year out from that, now's a really good time to think about that, especially if you are a very hardcore saver, because we've got to start getting you mentally and psychologically prepared of going into this, because the, the challenge that you have, if you're not ready for it, is that you'll risk not enjoying the fruits of all of your hard-earned savings and all of your investing because you're so uh, you're so scared and you are so uh, uh, reticent about not going into that savings account that you'll find that you're sitting there with this great big bucket of money that you're afraid to spend. But one of the things that you can do up front to get ready to spend that is to start to put together exactly what your spending habits are going to look like. We call that your retirement lifestyle. And Andy, what's the best way for them to start doing that process? Well, I talk about it often. It's the big B word, but not what you're thinking. It's that budget word. 
It requires you to spend some time evaluating what you spend right now before you go into retirement and then what it looks like when you actually do retire. I mean, you can evaluate how much that's going to be prior to getting there because if you're close to paying off your home, maybe you don't have any debt, you're still going to have property taxes. You're still going to have those food, clothing, and shelter expenses that come every month like clockwork. So it's pretty easy still to go into it on a 30-day evaluation and take a look at what you're going to be spending now and when you go post-retirement. There are definitely more things that we have to consider when you go into retirement, like healthcare, when are you retiring, like um, long-term care potentially if needed, like having additional savings accounts. So there's lots of additions that we have to take a look at. But your basic day-to-day food, clothing, and shelter shouldn't change too much, but there could be some large expenses that you may have now, you may not have later. So spend some time going through those numbers and get that really detailed down. It's very important, isn't it, uh, also, Luke, to try to uh, think about simplifying your life. I mean, uh, a lot of people uh, say that's maybe easier said than done when they've been working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and then all of a sudden they've got to kind of wind down a little bit here and, again, think about all that downtime they have and how much money, as as Andy just said, creating that budget that that you're uh, going to have to live by when you have all this extra time. That's right. Uh, We actually just moved about nine months ago to a new place. And so we find that if you think back to the the last time maybe you moved, you start to get rid of stuff. You start to simplify and sort of declutter um, what's going on with all the the things at home. And while you've got your health and while you've got the ability to do that, um, now's a great time to start deaccumulating some of those things and um, maybe maybe helping the next generation or whoever might be taking over in your your absence um, to kind of alleviate some of that pressure and having to deal with some of those things on the home front. Yeah, it's very, very important. And also, Sam, uh, I know you deal with this, and this is something I'd like to, I'm actually going to sit down with my planner uh, within the uh, next month, month and a half or so uh, to talk about uh, the lifetime income aspect. Because if you're doing things right and you're planning properly with the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies, uh, you could turn on a lot of lifetime income here and uh, be uh, obviously very uh, comfortable uh, in the notion that you're going to be... is safe and uh, have the the money you require in retirement each and every month, right? Yeah, you got to have that paycheck. I mean, that's the thing is that you're you're going to get to a point here where you're going to substitute that paycheck that that company's been sending you, that one you've been getting every two weeks from Georgia Pacific for the last thirty five or forty years. Yep. that's going to go away, and you're going to become your own paycheck. You know, a part of that paycheck is usually Social Security for people. We still have a few companies here in the Valley that many of you are grandfathered into a pension, so we might have an income source there unless you opt to take that as a lump sum but then that gap we're going to to fill in that hole there between what social security is what the pension is that's going to come from your savings account so we have to set that up for a lifetime income now chuck you know we talk about it on the program all the time my book i titled it purpose determines placement Mm -hmm. And the reason why I title it that is because it's very important when you're starting to structure for lifetime income that you have a very good idea and your advisor has a very good idea of exactly what is the purpose of the money and how is it going to provide an income. Is it going to provide an income based upon dividends and the payment of dividends via stocks? I mean, you're still subject to market risk at that point. Are you more risk averse? Are you the type of person that says, hey, I'm risk averse? I'd rather purchase some income annuities so 
that I've got a guarantee. I know that money's coming every month. I know I can never lose any money in the market. I know that the opportunity is there, but I don't want to risk that month-to-month paycheck. Do you ladder bonds? There's still risk in bonds. If you do that, you have to do that correctly. So it really comes down to are you risk on or are you more risk off in retirement? And we've got to be smart about the way that we claim Social Security. We spend a lot of time talking to people about Social Security here. And it's not just a matter of, oh, I'm going to hit some magic age. It's, oh, how much have I saved? What are my tax ramifications going to be? What could future tax ramifications going to be? And which pot of money do I need to start spending from? Absolutely. And Andy, uh, also that means uh, setting up investments, because I think as uh, Sam just talked about uh, your uh, Social Security, your pensions, your uh, uh, annuities, uh, you might have investments too that you have to line up risk-wise uh, uh, in a great way. Well, that's true. One of the questions that I think you should start with is, what must you spend every month and what would you like to spend every month? Because those are two very different things. And as I stated back in the you know budgeting um, answer, it, it really comes down to how much do you really need? Because as Sam always says, how much pressure are you going to need to put on your investments? And that will dictate oftentimes what you really need to be using as far as tools. Because if you only need one, two percent to pull out of your savings account, then why would you put it at risk of say eight, 10, 12 percent? That's often something that we evaluate and look at um, is why are we, why why would you put your money at such great risk if you don't need to make that much in order to continue the lifestyle that you want? So I always come back to, yes, you should have some liquid cash sitting at the bank, but the bank's not paying you hardly anything. CDs are very, very tough to come by a good interest rate, but might be for a short duration place to be. Again, annuities might be an option for a little longer term. And then looking at your equity investments and what you could have there. Again, remember how much risk do you actually need to put your put pressure on your accounts. Absolutely. And Luke, uh, let's uh, say that you want to spend less money. How do we know how much we're going to spend in retirement uh, uh, versus what we do when we're working? Yeah, I think people underestimate what they're going to spend overall in retirement. But as when we're talking about decumulation, one thing that we found is that people spend on average about 10% less every decade. So as you start out in retirement, we find that people will kind of front end load retirement. They're going to do most of their spending in that first 10 years. But then every year after that, you know, if you live into your 90s, you're going to see where you're probably going to be spending about 30% less than you were when you were initially re- retired. And this should come as kind of a breath of fresh air for those savers that are having a hard time spending, knowing that it's not going to be a full 30 years spending at the same level. Um, be conscientious of what your health care costs are, because you could have some additional health care expenses at that point in time. So yes, you're spending less on a monthly basis, but you may be spending more in other areas. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that is very true. And Sam, this is where you can help because uh, planning for decumulation is important and worth discussing with you. Absolutely. That's why we offer you every week this opportunity to come in for the Retirement Lifestyle Review to get a copy of our book in your hands so that you have a great, great educational resource at your disposal so that you can make these types of decisions in an educated fashion. We push that all the time, Chuck. We're going to start into our uh, our new classes here uh, starting in September in Green Bay, our college-level classes. Uh, be watching for that on Facebook, so that'll come up uh, Uh, But 
take one of these opportunities. Come in and see us personally in either our Appleton or our Green Bay office. Uh, attend one of the uh, educational pieces that we do where we do two separate nights at the local colleges. This year we're going to be uh, at Concordia University in Green Bay and then at Concordia University in Appleton. But take this opportunity to come in and further educate yourself on this. The one thing we're finding today, Chuck, is that because of the nature of this business, we're finding an awful lot of people that are getting sold things these days. We're not finding very many people that are getting educated. And we believe that an educated consumer is a good consumer. And if you learn the pitfalls, if you learn the sales pitches of the, the advisors today, you'll understand if you're actually being uh, placed into something that has a proper purpose for you or if you're being pitched a product. Absolutely. And all you have to do is give them a call. No cost, no obligation to get that uh, wonderful retirement lifestyle review that Sam was just talking about at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 because it is your retirement. And remember, they're at your service here, and it's all about you. It's all about what's in your best interest in retirement. So once again, 866-203-7486, anywhere in the Fox Valley. And uh, Dual Financial Strategies, Sam, Andy, Luke will do the best for you. All right, we've got to take a break. What's coming up next? When we come back, we want to highlight some mistakes to avoid in planning for retirement. And we're back here on Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton. And uh, for Dual Financial Strategies, we have Sam Duell, we have Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel in uh, studio with us once again. And that number is 866-203-7486. And uh, once again, uh, we are happy to be with you and happy to help uh, with your retirement because retirement planning can be an exciting time don't make mistakes in retirement i think sam but that's easier said than done sometimes and maybe not thinking uh, ahead uh, what is coming uh, with respect to inflation because i think that's the elephant in the room we all know we have to pay taxes on our withdrawals our rmds but sometimes we're not thinking or maybe we've been hitting the head here in the last few weeks with inflationary uh, thoughts well, and that's the thing is that, uh, you know, it's been years and years since we've had any sort of significant inflation. As a matter of fact, uh, the feds have worked to get inflation pushed up uh, because it hasn't been running at uh, levels that are even what they would consider, uh, you know, quote unquote healthy. So we've been dealing with extraordinarily low inflation levels. So like everything else, you kind of get lulled to sleep in that scenario. Well, as you mentioned, Chuck, it's come roaring back in a big fashion and it has raised its head, uh, you know, largely due to uh, the pandemic, the, uh, you know, the utter incompetence of the politicians and the administrations in dealing with it, uh, the, the draconian lockdowns that we have gone through, all of these really bad decisions that the politicians and the powers that be have made have now led to suffering by, by all of us uh, in this uh, dramatically inflationary event. I mean, we're seeing inflation levels that we haven't seen in a couple of decades. I've, Chuck, I've been at this for, uh, I think I'm 21 years this year, and I've never seen the spikes and inflation. I've never seen the fear that the clients and the people coming to us from radio, from television, from our educational classes, the fear of this inflationary environment that's out there right now. So you need to plan for inflation when you make that original plan. Now, understand, 
I don't want you to be stupid about that either because I've seen plans come across my desk before that other advisors had done and they had put so much inflation into the plan that you needed unrealistic rates of return. You needed to put yourself into basically a dangerous position in the market to ever try to realize the rates of return that you would need to both uh, uh, fund your lifestyle and account for inflation. So there's a middle ground here. It's like anything else. There's a middle ground in all of this. We have to look at it realistically, but absolutely, if your planner and your advisor is not talking to you about inflation right now, if you are not getting calls from them, looking at the need to maybe adjust your portfolios and adjust towards the market volatility and the inflation that we have right now, if you're not getting those types of calls and you're the type of saver that saved more than $500,000, somebody's asleep at the switch and you need to give us a call so that we can make those adjustments for you or at least run some scenarios on that portfolio to see if you are still properly positioned because what we're seeing today, Chuck, isn't even remotely close to what these folks that retired five, six, seven years ago have their portfolios designed to withstand. Absolutely. All right, that's one of the mistakes you can make in retirement. Another one is uh, not estimating your needs accurately. You've got to be realistic, right? You do, in fact. Um, you know, many retirees end up sort of lowballing what they're going to need. And unfortunately, I think this has come from the industry where it's like, oh, don't worry, when you retire, you're, you're going to need a lot less. You're not going to pay much in taxes. And this rhetoric has just continued for decades and decades. And what we find is that most people do not end up a, in a lower tax bracket. B, who wants to live on a whole lot less income? You have your lifestyle. You're living your lifestyle before you go into retirement. And why should you take a massive pay cut? So just understand that most people's lifestyle, and in that, especially that first 10 years when you're still probably feeling pretty good, it's probably going to cost you as much to live as it did when you're working because you want to enjoy the time. You now have 2,500 hours that you have to do something with. It's going to cost you. So when we're talking about deaccumulation, we are talking about spending those monies where is that money coming from and and what are you going to do with your time to fill that void so you will likely need as much income maybe a fuzz less but by and large the same thing as what you were when you were working absolutely andy uh, i call those the go-go years when you are able to do things then you have the slow go years when you're in retirement where you slow down a little bit maybe uh, mid 70s to mid 80s and then uh, you go into those no-go years that you hopefully will uh, live uh, past 90 and and above so uh, one of the things we have to think about, Luke, I think in that case is uh, not retiring too early because if you do that, you may, may make a miscalculation of what your funds are so that uh, you will possibly run out of money in retirement if you don't plan that properly. Right. And we're seeing more and more people today uh, maybe getting furloughed, maybe because of the pandemic, deciding that, hey, enough's enough. I want to kind of exit stage left and do this retirement thing. I've been thinking about it for a while. But you absolutely need to go into retirement. You know, if you're in the situation where, you know, it, maybe it, you're not going at the age that you planned on, you absolutely have to have a retirement plan. You have to have a plan for where this income is going to come from because, you know, maybe your plan is, well, I'm just going to go out and, and get a part-time job. Well, that might alleviate some of the, some of the uh, tension on there. But if you're retiring a little bit earlier, now you may have 20, 25, 30, 35 years of retirement where your assets, where your nest egg has to provide you the income for that period of time. And so just picking at it isn't a plan. You've got to have a proper plan for how you're going to do that to keep in mind taxes 
and do this in the most efficient manner possible so that you don't run out of money. Yeah, we're talking about mistakes you can make in retirement here, and I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make is because you don't think about this, our own mortality here, Sam, but not setting up contingencies for a partner. Uh, It is, uh, you know, we're all going to leave this earth at one stage or another, and it's highly unlikely we're going to leave with our partner at the same time, either in a, a heaven forbid, plane crash or a car crash. So somebody's going to die first, uh, you or your spouse or significant other, and And if you haven't planned properly, that could be a problem. Yeah, for sure. Actually, Andy, I'm going to hand this one off to you because I know that you you run in a lot of times situations where you're doing uh, beneficiary designation reviews and things like that. And you uh, you just find mistakes in there where people just haven't thought through uh, the ramifications of not making sure that you're you're really looking down the road. Thanks, Sam. You know, from a standpoint, this is near and dear to my heart when I had first started in the business a long time ago, um, we had some clients come in and they were talking about their daughter and their daughter had passed away. And she had been married previously to a a spouse that was not a great situation for her. Um, But based on the laws of the state, she had to put him as her primary beneficiary. She went on to get a divorce from that individual. She married someone else, had children, had a great career going on, but she had forgot to change her beneficiary designation from the first spouse to her current spouse. And ultimately what happened under the state laws is that she was not able or her her beneficiaries, her present husband and children were not able to get the monies from that 401k because her ex-spouse had been on there and they hadn't changed that. So be aware when you're looking at taking care of your partner today, the things that you want to take into account, are your beneficiary designations actually correct on your 401ks, IRAs, etc.? Do you have and have you planned for things like social security? And basically, if social security for most people is the biggest income source that they have coming in because pensions aren't really around anymore, then how do we set that up so that your spouse will continue to receive as much as possible when one of you is gone because you'll lose one of the social securities. So there are details like that that we do need to look at and talk about and think about um, and make sure that they are correctly laid out. Absolutely. And a way to do that is to uh, give us a call here at 866-203-7486, and uh, they will take care of all of those, uh, what I call are the details that are so important, Andy, and that is something that uh, we look at. Uh, Another thing, Luke, is uh, when you look at uh, tax rates, everybody thinks you're going to be taxed lower in retirement, but uh, sometimes if you've got quite a nest egg, those uh, required minimum distributions should throw you in a different tax uh, uh, bracket that you may not have uh, planned for. Right, and and tax rates might not be as as low as you necessarily think, Um, especially, Chuck, to your point, when we're talking about planning for the income that's going to be coming in from required distributions. Um, that, that number starts off at a certain place and then every year it starts to grow. So when we're talking about looking at and understanding tax rates, we not only need to plan for that first year of retirement, but we also need year five, year 10 and so on, because that the amount that you're going to have to pull is going to grow. The amount that you're going to be susceptible to taxes is going to grow. And you want to budget for that. You want to plan for the tax rates that are going to be coming. And that's done with some proper planning ahead of time. Absolutely. And Sam, as we wrap this segment up, uh, not having a diversified investment portfolio that is sufficient for you. And again, the old elephant in the room, health care. You've got to think about that. Don't make that planning mistake in retirement. You know you're going to need it. At least a percentage of us are. 
Yeah, you've got to explore all of those things, Chuck, and and you've got to make sure that you're dotting all of the I's and crossing it all of the T's. It's uh, having that uh, sufficiently diversified investment portfolio is so important because many of you are coming out of a 401k where you've just made these random choices in mutual funds and. Hey, I know how you choose these things in the portfolio because I've seen it done a bazillion times over the 20 years I've been doing this. You go in, you look at the choices you've got, you look at two things. Which one had the best performance last year? Which one's had the best performance overall? And which one is the cheapest? And that's it. That's your criteria. That's what you look at all the time on these. That is not how you have a properly diversified portfolio. Uh, diversification means actually having different eggs in different baskets. It doesn't mean having 27 different eggs that are all the same egg and all in the same basket and making sure you're covering for health care. And you know what a lot of people forget there on health care, Chuck, is when you get to 65, you got to start looking at that Medicare thing. And now you got to start thinking about Medicare supplements and what's best for you. Um, you know, we have Lake in our office who uh, who looks at Medicare and that is his thing. He, he just, he focuses on that area like a laser. So you've got those questions regarding Social Security. You've got those questions regarding Medicare, regarding uh, diversifying that portfolio, setting up those fixed income streams, all of these things that are important to you. We've got the answers for you. I've got the answers in the book purpose determines placement. We've got the answers in person in our Appleton or our Green Bay offices. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to talk to you and we'd love to educate you further. Absolutely. And the way to do that is very simple. Just give them a call at Dual Financial Strategies, uh, either Sam or Andy, and uh, Luke will be at your service, and Lake as well, at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486, because purpose does uh, determine placement. And uh, I'm sure Sam is going to offer you that book, No Cost, No Obligation, for that retirement lifestyle review. It's very important not to make mistakes in retirement. Make sure you've got enough for retirement to be comfortable for you. And Dual Financial Strategies can make sure, as fiduciaries, that you will have the retirement of your dreams. It is your retirement. 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Need to take a break again, Sam? What's coming up in the next segment? When we come back, we want to highlight four startling statistics about retirement. I'm looking at them, and I know this one is going to surprise you. Back for Dual Financial Strategies, I'm Chuck Caton, and once again, this is Your Retirement, the program that can help you to and through retirement with the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. And I'm talking Sam Dual, I'm talking Andy Schooler and Luke Von Abel, who are uh, in studio with us once again. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's hard to know how much money you're going to need in retirement. Uh, that's why you have to consult with the people at Dual Financial Strategies. They can help you with that, as we've said in the last two segments, so you don't make those kind of mistakes. And that's why a solid retirement and income plan is necessary for a successful retirement. And that's what it's all about. You want to be able to be comfortable. And uh, even then, there's a lot of what-ifs that can happen, and these are things you must plan for because you got to dig into some of the more surprising statistics in the what-if department, Sam, and I guess one of the things uh, that we have to look at statistically, and I'm a sports guy, I've always loved statistics, goals against average, goals, assists, and that type of thing, but uh, here's a statistic that uh, 
I'm not sure I like. I'd like to see this increase, but it says that one in three 65-year-olds today will live past 90. I'd like to see it be two out of three, but <laughs> one in seven will live past 95. I'd like to see that at least bumped up to two in seven, and maybe that'll be the case someday, but let's talk about that. Well, right now, if you look at the statistics that come from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the, the average life expectancy is 78.6 years. Uh, but we know just from experience, and you know from your life experiences and the people that surround you, that that's a low ball estimate. Uh, it's weighed down by increasing rates of drug overdoses and suicide deaths among younger adults. Mm -hmm. So it looks at the population as a whole. It, I, this would be more accurate, Chuck, I believe, um, if it would look at older segments of adults and see. Yeah. Um, you know, but if we look at the Social Security Administration, that data tells us that one in three 65 year olds today will live into their 90s. And like you said, one in seven will surpass 95. But I would say, look around at your own your own family, look around at your parents right now. I mean, we have people come in all the time that their parents are in their mid to late 80s. They're in their 90s. Uh, you know, our neighbor across the street uh, just went into an assisted living center here uh, just a couple of months ago. He did it voluntarily. Uh, because he really felt like he was probably getting at the point he was by himself uh, he felt like he was at the point where he really needed that and I think he was really looking probably too for uh, you know some company some companionship some things like that but he was 90 and he was he was 92 years old when he yes. made that decision and still very viable I mean he was still mows his own lawn was still <laughs> doing all of the still plows his own snow the, the whole nine yards so it's not like he went in there because uh, he was you know broken down and couldn't do anything thing it was more of a lifestyle thing for him so yes we have to plan to get older and we have to plan that as you get older you don't hit that magic age when all of a sudden you don't need money anymore you continue to need it so you've got to make sure you got that plan and push that into if you're not planning on on at least 95 uh i think unless you do that you're making a very very could be disastrous mistake. Absolutely. You want to live as long as you can, and you want to live as comfortably as you can, and, uh, of course, uh, you want to have your faculties as well because that's something that's uh, extremely important. All right, let's go to this one, Andy. Now, a lot of people tend to assume, and we've talked about this so many times on this program, uh, they think that uh, living expenses are going to go down in retirement, but this is not always the case. In fact, I would uh, say it probably, uh, unless you're uh, really going to deprive yourself of a lot of happiness in retirement, it's not the case at all. No, we don't find that to be the case, actually. And we find that Americans age 65 and older spend on average of about 48000 per year. Now, that's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But more specifically, those age 65 to 74 spend about 52000 Now, this drops generally after age 75 and older. But one thing that I would say that we have to take into consideration is how much is healthcare going to cost? How much help are you going to potentially need with long-term care or just getting around to your doctors? Do you have kids that are close that can help drive you to those things? Do you have to hire somebody to help you do that? Um, are you hiring people to help take care of your home, uh, expenses outside, snow removal, lawn care? I mean, these are all things that we kind of have to take into account. And so I don't always know that things will per se go down as much as we just have to be mindful of the expenses that do come up when you go through retirement and as you get older. Yeah, I think that uh, when a lot of people uh, envision retirement, they love to want to travel, they want to do a lot of different things, but it costs money. So 
uh, you're not going to have uh, expenses go down. And again, we talked about this before, uh, Luke. Uh, Social Security can be part of your plan, but we can't always count on it to be uh, uh, the backbone of your plan because uh, when we look at these stats, uh, it's possible that Social Security will only pay people full benefits until 2035. Yeah, the latest Social Security Trust report, Chuck, is showing that um, there's enough money to pay benefits out through 2035. But we also have to realize that, you know, these politicians are looking to get reelected. And for our listeners out there that are near Social Security age, are, are on Social Security, you guys have a, a, a good habit of doing something every four years, and that is voting. So the politicians, most of them don't have a backbone strong enough to make this entirely go away because there are far too many people that are dependent on this. This is the largest source of retirement income for the vast majority of people. Um, but there are some proposed changes that could come. You know, they can they can push this out to to delay it beyond the 2035 figure. But there's some other things that could be done. And some of those suggestions have been things like reducing benefits, not making them go away entirely, but reducing them. That would be the first. The second would be raising the ceiling on income subject to Social Security. So for those that aren't aware, right now, the first $142,800 that somebody makes, that's Social Security taxable. But once you go $1 above that, there's no more Social Security tax. And they've been increasing this figure every year for those high wage earners. Um, and I suspect that they will continue to do that. Number three is raising the full retirement age. So we've seen it climb from 65 to 66 to 67. Um, I may be 137 or so when I can collect my full retirement benefit, <laughs> but we could see a steady increase in the in the full, full retirement increasing. A fourth proposal would be reducing the cost of living adjustment. The cost of living adjustment is basically um, linked to the consumer price index and your social security payment is adjusted based on that. So they could they could back that off um, or make that go away completely. And lastly, they could raise the social security tax rate. So right now for an employee, you pay half of the 12.4% and your employer picks up the other half. For independent contractors, for business owners, you pick up the full tab. So they could increase that tax rate. They could make it higher to help increase and cause um, there to be more funds in those trust for retirees. Absolutely. And uh, of course, uh, when we talk other things to statistically, uh, Sam, when it comes to retirement planning, uh, I think this is a very obvious one as we wrap up this segment, and that is health care costs are on the rise. And I always cross my fingers for our listeners that uh, you have uh, good health and that uh, those costs can be minimized with uh, doctor visits and making sure you're doing the healthy things. But uh, these costs are not going down. That's one thing for sure, right? They are not. They absolutely are not. And what happens is people, again, they kind of like the inflation thing, they get lulled into this sense of false security because they know that if they can get to age 65, that they will then be eligible to collect Medicare. And they make tremendous mistakes when it comes time to collect Medicare because we find that the vast majority of you um, are not particularly well educated in Medicare. It can be confusing. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts there. There's an awful lot of information, some of it good, some of it not so good that pertains to Medicare. Uh, so, you know, we keep 
people in the office. We have Lake in the office that focuses on Medicare. He focuses on Medicare supplements just so that we can get you the non-biased independent answers when it comes to Medicare. How does it work? What's it going to do? And what are you going to need? Because people think, well, I'll go out and I'll buy this Medicare supplement, which you can. But there are costs associated sometimes with that, too. You may still have co-pays. You may still have deductibles. You may still have out-of-pocket expenses, particularly if you have to go to the hospital. And keep in mind, if something happens to you, that's what I would say is more of a catastrophic medical event, and you all know someone or you all know someone or have someone in your family that this has happened to where they want to do a procedure and Medicare doesn't cover it. Medicare doesn't recognize it. The doctor wants to prescribe a medication, uh, a cutting-edge cancer medication or something like that. Medicare doesn't recognize it. They will not pay the full price for it. So all of a sudden, you're going out of pocket for this. So you have to understand exactly how Medicare works if you're 65 or older. What can you do? What can't you do? What does it pay? What does it not pay? Because you literally could end up going out of pocket over a lifetime. I mean, there was a study recently that was done by Fidelity Retiree Healthcare, uh, and they estimated that an average retired couple aged 65 in 2021 may need as much as $300,000 saved after taxes to cover health care expenses in retirement. Well, you'd look at your own savings pot, look at the amount of money that you've put away, and you look at that and you say, well, wait a minute. I've saved five, six hundred thousand dollars. I can't allocate half of this towards health care. There's no way because I'm not going to be able to meet my retirement lifestyle goals. That's what a uh, retirement lifestyle review is all about. That's what my book, Purpose Determines Placement, is all about. It's looking at these things from a realistic perspective, understanding that education is key, that the tools are available to you, the strategies are available to you, and more importantly, the people who focus in these different areas within our company are available to you as well. We want you to come in for that retirement lifestyle review visit. It's an Appleton office, Green Bay office. Chuck, as you tell them, there's no cost, there's no obligation, but I want to tell them as one of the founders of the company that we mean what we say. When we tell you this is no pressure, no obligation, no sales pitch, no slick sales brochure, none of that junk that you've been used to in the past, you don't need to come to this appointment scared because no one is going to try to sell you anything. No one is going to pounce on you. And we're going to let you be you. We're going to let you tell your story. You tell us what you need to accomplish. We'll tell you if it's possible. And if it is possible, is it something we can help you achieve as a trusted and valued partner? Give them a call right now at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 to get, as Sam said, that uh, retirement lifestyle review. It's all about you. You should have the questions. You should feel comfortable, and you will when you come in to see Sam or Luke or Andy at Dual Financial Strategies. Once again, it's 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation, but a lot of comfort. And I'm sure they'll even offer you a cup of coffee or a soda or a glass of water or anything. And they'll answer questions as they will in the last segment. Right, Sam? Indeed we will. Indeed we will. We're 
back here for Dual Financial Strategies with your retirement. That show every week that I know you love to listen to because uh, Sam Duell and Andy Schooler and Luke Van Abel are here at your service at uh, 866-203-7486 because they have your best interest in mind for your retirement. It's all about you asking the questions, you coming in and making that appointment and feeling comfortable uh, to ask those questions, just like our listeners do. And I think we're ready to go, Sam, with uh, uh, a lot of people in uh, different areas of uh, Northeast Wisconsin. And uh, you're ready to go, aren't you? You bet. Let's All see right. what they have to say. Kakona is uh, where Kenny's from. There's a little alliteration there. He said, I just uh, retired and have to decide if I should uh, leave my money in a 401k with my previous employer or move it to an IRA. Now, I know the IRA gives me more investment options, but... Uh, do I really need those options? I also need to decide if I should place uh, funds in a target retirement fund or allow that portfolio of mine to be actively managed. Those are all great questions, Kenny, and they're ones that we get all the time, especially when you're just retiring like this. You can do either one. There is no, uh, you know, there's no rule that says you have to do anything unless the company has a specific uh, instruction that you are not allowed to stay in the 401k. Some companies will allow you to stay, others will not. You are correct. If you go out to an individual IRA, that is going to give you more investment choices. Um, do you need them? That question is answered by sitting down and looking at what your retirement lifestyle is going to look like. What we find is that many times inside of 401ks, the investment choices are limited. Not only are they limited in scope and in number, they're limited in ability. Uh, as I say all the time, Kenny, and we talk about my book, Purpose Determines Placement, just because it's a fund inside of a 401k, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that it fits you. Just because it has a name to it, it doesn't mean that name doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it needs to do for you. So what we find is that if you're going to need an income stream, if we're going to need to be withdrawing money from that, Oftentimes, the choices within the 401k do not allow for that. The vast majority of the choices that are inside of a 401k are usually biased towards growth. They're very, very seldom ever biased towards income. The target date retirement fund, that's usually not a specifically a good choice when you're going into retirement because it's not managed to any specific uh, thing other than a target, which all that's looking at is risk. So you probably need to start looking at either taking a hold of your monies yourself and self-managing it to your specific specifications or sitting down with a good fiduciary-based advisor, having them run a risk-alized report. It's very important if you want to write that down. If you want to know more about that, you can go to our website. But have them run a risk-alized report for you to see exactly what exposure you have inside of your 401k more importantly, exactly what will that portfolio do and not do, and then compare that to something that is more closely to what you need. All right, very good answer there. Now let's go to Swamiko, and Daniel's there, and he says, you can call me a nerd if you like, but I've always had fun researching and then buying and selling stocks as a hobby. However, my wife isn't so thrilled about me continuing this hobby as we get into retirement, uh, which is only a couple of years away now. Any advice on a way to uh, have us uh, find some middle ground here? Luke, I think you're going to be the referee on this one. <laughs> I am. Daniel, great question. We get this all the time. We see this all the time in the office from different families where um, it, it seems most often like the husband is the one that is typically the, the do-it-yourselfer, enjoys um, kind of picking the investments, and then the wife is... Um, thinking in the back of her mind, hey, we've worked for a really long time here. 
I would hate to see, you know, a mistake made by you, Daniel, um, going into retirement. But, you know, one of the um, the good things that we've seen is that investing on your own has gotten easier. Um, they've dropped a lot of the barriers to getting into it. The, the trading costs associated with it have virtually gone away. Um, but it's kind of a double-edged sword because while it's really easy and cheap to do it, it's not necessarily a good thing from the standpoint that you can trade a lot. You can just go in every day and become almost a day trader with your retirement funds, which has an extraordinary amount of risk associated with it. So one of the, the middle grounds that we see, and I may encourage you, Daniel, to look at is, you know, what's an amount that maybe you and your wife could come to a conclusion on that you'd be comfortable kind of having your fun money over to the side where you manage that allocation and then you take the rest of it and you find a good fiduciary based firm that can help diversify that can help look out for other economic indicators protect that money from large swings and large losses in the market and now you've kind of got multiple different buckets of money you've got this long-term money that's going to be safe secure going to be providing for your goals and then maybe that fun money is hey as that grows that's more discretionary in nature if it grows and you want to use it for a trip or something then you can Okay, very good answer there. Let's go to Nino, Wisconsin now and go to Jennifer and Andy. I think you've got the answer here. It's a very simple question. What, if any, are the risks associated with a Roth IRA? Well, Jennifer, great question. Um, things that you want to take into consideration, I'm not sure if you're referencing a, a Roth IRA within your company or if this is an individual Roth IRA outside your company. So that can create some limitations as to how much that you can put in. If it's an outside individual Roth IRA, then you have limitations each year and that's based on your age as to how much you can put in, which is actually less than what you can contribute if it was through a company plan. So that's something to differentiate between. Um, you are limited by what your income is if it's outside your company 401k. How much income you make can be a limiting factor as well. Um, and then, you know, that the risks associated with that could be based on where Th what engine you're using to make that Roth IRA grow. So you could have some risks associated with market volatility perhaps. Um, and, and that's just based on, is it in again, a company 401k or is it outside? Um, if it's outside, then you have more options. If it's inside your company plan, then you're stuck with whatever the options that they give you on that. So just a few, I, I mean, I, Again, I'm always a fan of Roth IRAs if you have the option simply because they're tax-free later on. And oftentimes that makes the most sense to me um, as it's important. I think that we really consider what taxes are looking like futuristically. And the more that you can do pushing money towards something that is tax-free, in our opinion, is better than delaying that taxation when we're not knowing what tax rates could be in the next 20 years. Um, it is it is a great possibility with the amount of debt that we have now as a country that taxes could be substantially higher. So, you know, I think the benefits outweigh the whatever, if you want to call them risks, they outweigh that by a long shot by putting as much money as you can into those plans that are Roth associated or anything that's tax free associated. Absolutely. Good advice there. Now let's go to uh, Greenville and Georgia is there. Sam with the question. My partner of 25 years unfortunately passed away three years ago. I'm the sole beneficiary of the Roth IRA they had, and the IRA was established 12 years before his death. 
I've heard that the IRS has specific rules and time limits on distribution for a non-spouse inherited Roth IRA. We were not legally married. I have not taken anything out of the Roth IRA. So what are my options here and what are any uh, limitations? Well, that is a complicated question, Georgie. You may not even realize the level of complexity that is within that. And I'm going to have to answer it, unfortunately, on the radio until we would see you in person with a uh, It Depends. You mentioned some things that are key there, however. First of all, you are what is known as a non-spouse beneficiary, mm -hmm. which means that uh, when you inherit a Roth IRA or a regular IRA, either one, you have to take what's called required minimum distributions. Now, you mentioned that he passed away three years ago. The law changed December the 31st of 2019 mm -hmm. as to how you had to take that out. If he passed away prior to December 31st of 2019, then you have to take that money out of that Roth IRA based upon a lifetime calculation. Essentially, it will be based upon your age, and it will be based upon a calculation every year that will tell you how much of this money has to come out of the Roth IRA. Understand that when that comes out of there, it is tax-free. That is not a taxable event for you. It will be reported, but it is not a taxable event because it comes from a Roth IRA. Uh, you are not beholden to only take out the required distribution. You could take any amount out of that you wanted to. You could take every dime out of it tomorrow, and it would still be a tax-free event. But the two keys there I'm getting is... Um, first of all, what's important to know is when did he pass? Because we need to know if it would be subject to the previous rules or the current rules for a non-spouse inheriting of an IRA, which says that the money has to be removed within 10 years of that person's death. Uh, if you have not taken anything out of that Roth IRA yet, <clears throat> please, please, please sit down with your current advisor. Sit down with, with us. Find a good fiduciary-based advisor that knows and understands the ramifications of withdrawals from IRAs, that knows and understands the tax codes and the rules surrounding those, because the worst thing you can do is not take that distribution from there if you're supposed to, because at that point in time, the penalties are not pleasant at all. All right, we only got about 30 seconds here, Luke. Uh, you're going to have to be the uh, answer man quickly for Skip and Freedom. Next year, 2022, I'm required to take RMDs from an IRA. Uh, I don't need the money. I don't want to deal with the tax obligations converting to a Roth. That doesn't seem significantly advantageous. So beyond uh, reducing the amount used for calculations, what are some of the options to avoid, defer, or pass on tax obligations? Because there's a 401A and a 457 plan involved as well. Skip, great question. You bring up a good point when you're talking about, you know, converting may not be advantageous from a tax perspective. It's not because any money that slides over, any money taken out, even if it's to gift to children or legacy planning, um, that money is all still taxable. Uh, my mind goes to something called the Qualified Charitable Donation, QCD. This is something we can help families with, but it's a, basically a direct contribution of your required minimum distribution funds to a charity if you're already doing that or if there's one that you want to contribute to and then there's no taxes owed on that money all right very good answer luke and i know uh, sam it's all encompassing what you can do at dual financial strategies as long as it's associated with retirement chuck that is our focus that's what we do every day if it's it fits it's around retirement whether it be investing whether it be risk associations when am i going to uh, take social security answering those medicare questions doing all of those sorts of things that's what we focus on every day that's what we've done for the last 20 years and we'd love to help get you to and through this retirement challenge and help you make your dreams come true 
All right, let's uh, give the number out again because it's very simple. As Sam said, a no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review can be yours by calling 866-203-7486. It's a wonderful time uh, to uh, sit down uh, with uh, Sam or Andy or Luke and uh, talk about your retirement because it's individual for you and they can help you out as true fiduciaries have your best interest in mind. It's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. All right, it's been a wonderful show, everybody. And Sam, your final thoughts. Just looking forward to meeting all of you. Have a great weekend and we'll talk again with you soon. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.